What up, y'all? It's Chi, and welcome to the court. Welcome to the land of the dope and the savage. Where black women have a home court advantage. Where black women take the beauty and the brains and the range to produce something fantastic. Mm, and I'm dropping all the gems to make something beautiful, trans. And we got the raw, the real, everything in between. Yo, just know that we spilling that tea on the court. Do, 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 do. y'all too oh so sweet so sweet all right what do you call a pig that does karate a pork chop (laughs) yeah no okay all right I expected that honestly that joke was more for me than y'all because I'm not doing that well no this show is tagline the raw the real and everything in between so Let me get a little real for a little bit. You know, on top of still living in a global pandemic, there's just been so much happening in my life that has really gotten me down. And I don't know if I'm alone in this, but I've just been getting into so many funks lately. And it's the stress of graduating, the internship job search, stupid, stupid, stupid nigga stuff me trying to deal with things that I didn't take the time to heal from as they were happening. It's just, (sighs) it's so much, so fucking much. And it's annoying because I spend a lot of time alone. So I'm in my own head overthinking shit, replaying old scenarios, getting re-mad at people, mad at myself. It's such a horrible, annoying battle because I don't want to feel this way. It's my fucking senior year of college, for crying out loud. It's my last semester of undergrad, and I want to graduate on good terms with myself, not with all these uncomfortable feelings. When I was 16, I went through something similar to this, but the only difference was that I allowed myself to remain in such an uncomfortable space and sad space, and I never confronted the situation. I wanted to prove I was strong by suppressing the pain as much as possible. And that caused me so much more pain for such a long time. (sighs) That's a story for another episode. But anyway, (laughs) the older I get, the more I realize that you can't run from your issues because they will follow you. They dead will follow you. Like it's one thing to move past shit, but it's another thing to actually get over it. And I'm realizing that I've become so used to moving past and not fully getting over things, which is probably why I feel the way I do right now, because it's like a buildup. It's a buildup of bullshit. And y'all are probably thinking, why the fuck is she telling us this? What's the point? This is kind of sad. Get to the interview. I want to hear about Raven. We'll get to Raven soon, I promise you. But I'm sharing this because I'm finding a lot of beauty in the healing process and healing through all this pain that I never took the chance to before. And despite what I'm going through, I really try to find joys in the things that make me happy. Biggest example, y'all know this, going to the gym. Little examples include grocery shopping, taking walks, listening to my favorite podcasts, like this one, um, Jack Harlow. I love me some Jack Harlow. (laughs) I love that man. But, you know, all these things put me in a very 
present headspace, which I find very calming. And it's so easy to get sucked into a whirlwind of sadness and depression. And I don't want to say that I'm trying to fight it, but I'm definitely trying to work through it the best way that I can, because the only way out really is through. And to do this, I'm not doing things to distract myself. I'm allowing myself to have those difficult conversations with myself, with my therapist, or with a trusted friend. Allowing myself to breathe onto the pages of the poems that I write and the diary entries I create. And the happy things, you know, they're there to bring me back to a safer reality, a reality more comfortable, a reminder that what I'm feeling is temporary and that I'll end up being okay on the other side of it. It's something that I'm trying to take day by day, which I find very tricky, but I just want to be happy. (laughs) That's all I want. But one issue I have, and I'm sure a lot of you may share this, is that I don't have a lot of patience with myself. I don't give myself any grace. I am my own worst critic (laughs) and it's only made my mental more negative. I feel like as black women, we always feel that we need to have our shit together all the time. And when we don't, we feel weak and incapable. Shit. I know. I definitely feel that way. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the segment of The Court. And with me today, I have Raven Barrett, who is the CEO and founder of Hush and Why. Say hey, Raven. Hey. So excited to be here. So excited. Thank you. So, like, tell us about yourself, Raven. Like, what is, who are you? All right. So, right now, I'm doing a lot. I'm an NYU senior. Um, I do public health research. I have a clothing brand. That's why I'm here today, Hush NYC. Um, a lot. Mother. Wait, no, not mother, sister, <laughs> daughter. Yo, listen, <laughs> what? <laughs> when? Because <laughs> that would be the focus of the interview if you said that. But okay, good, good. Definitely not mom, but <laughs> love my mom. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's me right now. Nice. So um, what made you want to start a clothing brand? Like what, were you always into fashion or was it just something that, like you just picked up on like when you got to college? Like what is it? So a lot of things contributed to it. I was always into clothing and just like trying new things. Well, people would compliment my style and stuff like since middle school and stuff. So always been into clothes and like Tumblr vibes, stuff like that. So it's something I always wanted to do, but I never really got like the balls to it to do it until like maybe my junior year of college last year. And like maybe that summer, I started the brand in January, but maybe that summer I designed um a graphic for another brand and I did it and I was like oh this is dope blah, blah blah and they had like put it out but I got no credit no money no nothing and I was like oh my god like this is like that's <laughs> exactly- why no literally but it was like this is exactly what I've been wanting to do and like to see someone else do it for me was like shit like I could do this shit myself mm-hmm. so then um I guess like maybe November September-ish um you know Tosin had his exhibit Lingua Franca, and he featured me in it. Yes. Oh, I remember when this was going around. Yes. Okay. And I did that, and 
I just got so much love from like my art and my drawings that I had posted up there. And I was just like, okay, like this is dope. Like I gotta like feed off this energy. Also, the third and last thing is that um, I was going through a breakup at the time. I was just super like uncomfortable and like wanted to find something, wanted to do something that I always wanted to do and was just pushing back. So it just really drove me. All those things drove me to just create Hush. Awesome. Yeah, I'll never forget. Uh... I remember when I saw like the first like promotion you put out for Hush, I'm like, this is so Raven. Like, this is what, this is it. Like, this is what she really needs to do. And then the design started dropping and like, you know, I've always been someone that's always loved your style too. Like there's a couple, like when I call someone a cool girl, like you come to mind, a couple of other friends come to mind, but like, that's literally what it is. And like, it's a great, and I love how like you took like the energy, guess negative energy from like the breakup you went through and put it towards something productive. And I think that's what a lot of people should try to practice when like, obviously it doesn't work for everyone, but that definitely probably helped you get through it, right? Yeah, like it's actually crazy. Like I feel like a lot of like my creative process comes from like negative shit, but it's kind of a double-edged sword because when I'm happy, it's like, I don't create anything. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And like- Thank you for saying this because I've always felt this. Like, I write, I do the podcast and everything, but most of my inspiration comes from like those sad ass times. And then when I'm in a good mood, I, I don't have like that same like creative. Like, I can still create if I really try to, but it doesn't come as naturally or as like I'm not, I'm not flowing with it the way like I usually do. I feel like, because you mentioned uncomfortable, I feel like because when like you're happy and like in a good mood, you're very comfortable. So like you really don't, there isn't much you want to do to like to, not to get out of that space, but you don't think to add anything to that to help that comfortable feeling stay as opposed to when you're not in a good mood and you're in that uncomfortable space, mm-hmm. you're trying to find everything to get yourself out of it to like distract yourself or help you get through it and everything. So I think that's like kind of, a, at least to me, it's why it kind of makes sense as to why. Yeah. It's not when you're happy, you just want to be happy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I can be happy doing nothing. Like, <laughs> like I've, listen, bro, I've been taking my little hiatus off of social media and just like chilling. As, really. you, as you should. I have a toxic relationship with social media right now because every night I say, I'm not going to use it. I'm not, because when I'm on it, like, it's not fun anymore. I don't know if it's just you, but I feel like everything is like it just brings negative energy that I don't like and like all these algorithms you don't even see your friends post like I don't see my own friends post I see people that I don't care about posts and I'm like who are you I don't care about your content like no offense but I just don't care I think the biggest thing I've learned from like being off of social media in the past like three four months is just like just being able to control what you're consuming like Mm -hmm. I've been like a vegetarian for four years now and like every aspect of my life I try to control what I'm fed now and it's like okay I used to wake up every morning and be like oh I'm on TikTok oh I'm on Instagram blah 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 and it's like a habit like of course like that's just the way of life now but it's like once I deleted those things and I was like damn I get to really actually do what I want to do in the morning mm-hmm. you know also too I feel like everything right now is like marketing like you open up Instagram, I'm sure, and everything, every, like everybody's selling something to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Everyone's selling something or they're an ambassador for something or like trying to recruit you for something. It's nothing is, it's not genuine anymore. It's not just genuine sharing your pictures. And the way Instagram is set up now, it's set up for businesses, you know, it's like an online shop. And then of course, like, I don't know if you were on, but you know how there's TikTok? 
like now Instagram has these things called reels. Yeah. So, and that's like basically TikTok within Instagram. So it's just, it's, it's annoying. Crazy. It's like all these big, like social media giants are trying to like eat each other. Mm -hmm. You know, Instagram ate Vine, Instagram ate Snapchat. Oh my gosh. And Vine was so good. Vine was pure quality content. Like I remember, oh my gosh, I was like 14. I was in my bed up until like two, three in the morning, just laughing hysterically at Vine. And my dad was like, what's wrong with you? Like, what's going on? I'm like, Vine. Mm-hmm. And then he, he was mad at me and then he like, just left me alone. I'm like, but that's just how good it was. And like, I don't get that same like joyful feeling from other sites. Like Twitter, sometimes when things are funny, but like still Twitter, everyone's so damn opinionated and so sensitive. And like, there's always so many arguments and like everyone has these outlandish opinions and it's like yo like if we all just took a break from all of this we wouldn't be so like angry and tense and it sucks when you have your own thing like you have your business I have my podcast like I need Instagram and Twitter to promote my stuff but I hate it literally literally I've been going through that battle like because at first I just like was super on TikTok because I was like okay like Twitter, you have to be super good at debating. And then, like, Instagram, you got to look super good all the time. And it's like, TikTok, you just laugh. Like, it's like new age wine, whatever. Mm-hmm. But after a while, it was just like, okay, like, let me just take a little break and see how I feel, you know? Mm-hmm. Now I'm kind of just, like, heavy on the Calm app. Like, every morning I'm just, like, over here meditating and shit, trying to get shit together, you know? And I do want to go back on social media at one point. It's just, like, I won't make sure I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but at one point when I was on there, I was just feeling so much anxiety. Like I don't know what it was. Or everybody just like shoving things in my face or whatever. But it's like, mm-hmm. and I was super worried too because I was like, damn, okay, like, do I need a personal page to leverage my business, my business page? And I was just like, it was just a lot of anxiety going on. I was just mm-hmm. like, Let me yeah, I definitely feel you. And also, it doesn't help as Corona like made everything virtual, like. I, th- I actually was doing great with like a social media break because like when I was abroad, I really didn't have service anywhere. So I couldn't get on social media unless I was in my room. So I tried my best to spend as much of my time outside of my dorm, outside of my room, didn't have service. No one could really reach me, but I was just, I wasn't looking at my phone. I wasn't checking my phone and it was great. And then to start that process and then and I felt myself feeling better like I had better days like I would start my day so much better like you said like the mornings actually were mine and like I had a lot more control over my time but then once corona hit there was nothing to do but be on social media which was so annoying so where did you study away Prague the Czech Republic how was that I've, I've heard a lot of mixed things about Prague listen man Prague was like every okay so Everyone told me that I'd have a bad time. Like every black person told me I'd have a bad time. Like there was not a good comment from like no one had anything good to say about that city. And like, mind you, I'm someone that just hops into things. I don't really ask questions until it's too late. (laughs) So like I was asking everyone, like Janelle told me like she didn't have a good time. Divine told me about all these crazy, explicitly racist stories and interactions he went through. Like and um, on top of that, I wasn't going with anyone that I knew from NYU. And at this point, I already had my visa. I already got um, everything done and there was no going back. So like literally the, the ride to the airport, 
I was crying. I cried all the way to CSA. I was watching Toy Story 4 on the on my first flight to Paris. I had a connecting flight from there. And there's a scene where like a little girl, like she's like alone in her classroom and like her best friend is like this spork. And I'm like, that's going to be me in Prague. No one's going to talk to me. <laughs> I'm going to have to make imaginary friends. But it was the best time of my life. Wow. It was the best time of my life. Like I truly, because honestly, like, well, one, I'm speaking from a point of privilege because I'm used to white people. Like I've been around white people my entire life. I know how to navigate who's a good one and who's a bad one. So I figured out who was cool and who wasn't. And there were like some black people from NYU there. So that also made things a little better. And you know, I had to remember, like, I spent money to come here. I'm here for, for what I thought was a whole semester. Like, I cannot go into this thinking that's going to be a horrible time. I have to make the most of it. And I ended up having a re- really, really good time. I met very, very great people. We went out all the time. Um, Sheesh. I'm glad you had a good time because I've heard a lot of things. Like, I think someone was telling me how, like, they thought she was a gypsy and, like, would try to spit on her. I'm like, like that's yeah. like... Come on now. Yeah, nah, it could it could have gotten bad. I think like I wasn't there for the whole semester, so who knows what I could have experienced. But the only like racist thing I got was um I was at the candy store and there was this Asian man. There's a lot of Asians in Prague, which I was really surprised about. It's a very heavy. It's like Taiwanese people. Um, and I was in the the candy store. I was getting candy, and then as I checked out, he just kept smiling at me, like really happy to see me. And then I was like, all right, thank you. He's like, thank you. Have a good night. Wakanda forever. I said, no way. Not Wakanda forever. No, 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 no way that you you just did that. And you thought that that was like, he, he did it twice. I said, you, like, you just, did you just say Wakanda forever? He's like, yeah, Wakanda forever. I'm like, no, stop. You can't do that. Like, I know he felt like I'm with, like, we're in solidarity. I got you. But it's like, no, <laughs> no. No, and I actually went back a week later and I threatened to steal stuff from him. Like, I'm gonna steal from you, and he's like, No, please don't. I'm like, Stop being racist, you can't do that. And I don't know if he stopped, but he definitely stopped with me. <laughs> I was in Atlanta, I know it was Felman. That was a beautiful time, even now. Like, I'm like, Uh, like, I wish sometimes I just could go back because even it's so different, like, just being a black woman all day, mm-hmm. you know, that was just such a different experience for me especially my biggest like thing there was the fitness groups mm-hmm. they had the bada class and it was like twerk fitness and i was in there every religiously that's fucking lit it was fire oh. and i'm not even gonna lie to you like now i'm more into like working out now but back then i was getting into it and it was just a completely different vibe with like just black women in the gym i used to have like really bad like like, I used to be super, like, body conscious in the gym. Like, I would always bring, like, a zip-up, you know, zip-up sweater mm-hmm. and tie it around the waist and just, like, go on the treadmill. Always just, like, covering myself, you know? So it was just a whole different experience over there. I was like, damn, I could be free. And you and were actually was- on a campus as opposed to, like, being yes. at NYU. And there's when there's no campus at all. Let me tell you what nobody talked about, though. The communal bathrooms. Ooh! Disgusting. I always forget that like that's like the standard for colleges. That's oh my, I'm so sorry. That that actually sounds horrible. It's crazy. You know how many people I talked to about that experience and no one told me that there were communal bathrooms and I had to get some flip-flop and a and a shower caddy. Oh my gosh. And a fucking like little bathroom and shit like that. Like it was just not it. No. 
Nah. But beyond that, I was in a I was in the best dorm there though. Um, it was called Laura Spellman, and it's like a whole dorm for social justice. Oh, students. nice! And it was beautiful in there. Wow, and the men, I'm sure, were like phenomenal. You know, you know what's crazy? I did not go over to Morehouse like that. Really? Morning. Yeah, because the first time I was there, like I was lost and like looking for the library, and this I swear to you, this guy was like, I heard footsteps behind me. And I'm just walking, trying to figure out where the fuck the library's at. And he's, like, following me. He's, like, chasing me down. And then I turn around, he's like, oh, you know, trying to shoot his shot or whatever. But it's, like, that's so creepy. I fucking hate fact, this. I was going and how predatory that was. I was just, like. He definitely knew you didn't know where you were going. Right. Like, you see me walking around looking looking stupid. <sighs> you know? Like, I don't know. Oh. But. Yeah, that was, but other than that, I like stayed in groups and stuff like that, where like just mm-hmm. chilled with the girls, you know? <laughs> but I was I was there for like a month and a half and I was sad. I was like, I was like, yeah, because you were in America. So I thought like maybe you would get to stay your entire semester. And then when I saw you, you know, guys had to come home, I was like, wow, like we're all, all of us. <laughs> but I was like, it is a pretty big liability, especially for the kids like um, across the country. Mm-hmm. Like, um, somebody in Ghana, like their parents, they would scoop them up before they they even like told everybody to leave. They was like, nah, "You're coming." Home. Yeah, a lot of kids actually, like, because they were they gave us warnings before we actually got kicked out, and um, you know, it was like, if you want to leave, you can. And like at first, everyone was saying that they were gonna stay, but then a lot of people's parents got really paranoid. Like as it got worse, and my friend group like we all were pretty solid on staying with them once once i noticed that like some of my friends parents like wanted them to come home i'm like all right maybe this is getting pretty bad like my parents wanted me to stay because at that point new york was worse it was the epicenter of everything and they were seeing a lot of things from their from their work yeah so i was they didn't care if i they didn't care what i did they just wanted me to like be safe wherever i was but you know, I'll never forget that knock at 7.30 in the morning and they said, you got to be out by tomorrow. I said, there's no way. Ugh. Yeah. But yeah, so um, you draw like everything yourself, right? You make them all yourself. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I started um, drawing in like middle school and then I was always decent, but I didn't really take it like seriously until like, Maybe like junior year of high school, mm-hmm. I always had like little sketches or do little stuff. And like looking back, I was like putting things onto like shirts in um, custom ink. And I was like, damn, like I never really like went through and like made it. But the fact that I always had it in my mind to put something on clothing it was just like, wow, like it was meant to happen, you know? So, what's your creative process like? Walk us through. Like, how do you get an idea? Like, um, I think my favorite one is like the, I think it's the Ode to Friendship design. It's the great, like, I love that top. Love that top so much. Um, so like, what what inspires you? Like, how do you, do you just sit and just draw whatever comes to mind? Do you have a plan before going into it? So it's very random. Sometimes like with that specific one, it was like a Polaroid that my friend took on my birthday like three years ago. And I've always loved the photo. And so- I just was like, all right, let me just repaint it and, you know, add little things to it. And that became that, you know, but I always loved the picture and was like super obsessed with like the different 
elements of it and just went in for it. And some other times, like, it is just random. Like, but I do get really inspired by photos, I will say. Mm. There's just so much unfinished stuff. And, like, sometimes I'll start things when I'm, like, you know, going through it or whatever. But it's always the finishing things for me. Like, you're reading my mind, bro, because I'm, continue, I have the exact same problem. But, yeah, continue. I'm so slow with things and I like to do things at my own time because I never like to feel forced doing stuff, you know? I feel like that's how you fall out of love with th- with things is when you just force it, but definitely got to get back to it. I've been feeling the vibe lately. It's just getting to it, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm the exact same way. Like when I have like different ideas that I want to do, like for my podcast, because I have in my head, I know I can make this show the best show that ever existed, but it's about well, like... Um, like, you know, like putting it into practice and like, I'll start something like either it's a newsletter design or whether it's like planning out more episodes, or whether it's like another marketing tactic, I'll start, or even with my writing, like I'll start like a new poem or a song or an article. And sometimes I have to force myself to finish it in that moment. Cause I know if I leave it alone, I'm not going to come, I'm not going to finish it. I will oh. come back to it for a very long time or ever. Yo, it's like my mind for certain things like I think I did like when I went on vacation in Florida I did like a puzzle of my family or like and everybody tapped out and I was like no you don't understand if I don't finish this right now I'll never come back to it mm-hmm. and that's just I don't know why it's like if I get attached to an outcome I'm doing everything in my power to make sure that happens mm-hmm. so yeah but if I if I fall off of it the good luck getting me back. Yeah, I'm saying, like, I think yeah. sometimes, because I also saw that, like, I was, that's why I was, when I first made my show, like, I was kind of scared to, because, not because of, like, how people would like it, but, like, will I be consistent with it? Because I love to do it. It's, I got, this setting right here is where I want to be for the rest of my life. Like, that's, I really do see myself growing in this, but it's a matter of, like, you know, like, sticking to it and being consistent and, like, really making it, something to do and and like I'm the same way like I'd like to work at my own pace and I work at a slow pace because like it's just that's just how I do things and sometimes like I'll I literally have to set deadlines for myself or like I'll force myself to finish an episode by a certain date that way I can actually get it done like things like that so that way I continue to create content but it is it is tough it is hard there's just so many creative elements that just get harder over time you know you have to feed your passion with things you know mm-hmm. you know watching someone else make their podcast or like watching listening to another podcast that you love mm-hmm. or like watching people paint their own shit sometimes I do just to like you know get inspired by things you know and that's why I'm so supportive of, of when I see my friends do things because it's like all right like we I have a very good group of friends where like we all have our own shit um going for ourselves and like I, even when I was in Prague, I was wearing one of like your sweatshirts and they complimented it. I'm like, oh yeah, my friend makes this. And like my other friend does nails. And my other friend does hair. It's like, wow, you have a friend for a lot of things. And I'm like, black woman, man. Yeah. I love to be around people who are like making things or just have like connections in other spaces. You know, it's important to be inspired by the, like, even this is like inspiring for me. Cause bro, like there's been moments where like, you know, I've been up and down with like, my passion for things are like up and down in terms of like, you know, building the confidence behind a brand or like mm-hmm. just so much other stuff goes into it beyond what people, the actual product or what people get to see 
you know, on a website or on an Instagram page, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. Period. So speaking to like yeah. confidence, like were you nervous before you launched everything? Absolutely. Like what? Like I don't like the whole idea behind the brand was just like making creativity through social anxiety, you know? Everything's always about like different forms of communication, right? So I might speak to you verbally, but a painting could never say words, you know? So just there's so many other elements to it. But of course, I was just super nervous about like perceptions or just like, you know, starting a business, all those stuff. But I had those elements of like, you know, like I said before, like Tosin's exhibit, the Lingua Franca exhibit, that kind of really helped put the battery in my back and like just seeing people see value in my stuff. Like that's the biggest piece I, I had to find out was just like that people do value, you know, your creations and like your ideas and they matter, you know? So I think one thing that like us creatives have to remember is that like no one else is making something like ours because it comes straight from us. And one thing I was taught and that I always hear is like someone out there needs what you're doing. Someone out there is looking for a design company like yours. Someone out there is looking for podcasts like mine. Someone out there could not even just like to help them, but just to inspire them to do more things. And like as Black women, like the fact that we literally are teaching ourselves how to do all this stuff, like no one is like, no one's teaching us graphic design classes. No one's teaching us how to fucking, how Photoshop really works. No one's teaching us how to like buy the right um, software and systems. Like no one's doing that. We do a lot of that ourselves and oh, we're just great. <laughs> the other day I was like in a parking lot trying to go to the mall or whatever. And I heard somebody say, they were like, oh, um, I want to start a business, but everybody is doing that. Everybody's starting a business. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, girl, do you think Nike's stop making sneakers when adidas start making sneakers you think there's just so many you go to a beauty supply store and you see seven different up sale of the same product and half the time it's owned by white people at the end of the day we hold ourselves back with that you know like let's say everyone just kept their reality to what they saw we would have no innovation you know there's certain things that people say oh it's not possible it's not this or that's that but the right person is going to see that it's possible and do it. Fear of failure definitely used to live in my head from a young age. And there's a lot of things that I could have done had it not been for my fear of like failing at it and my fear of like not being able to step up to the plate. Like even getting into NYU, like, uh, bro, I'll every single day, of, every single first day of class for the first couple of semesters, I was ready to say, oh, nope, you don't belong here. Wrong school get out and like it's and and that came from like you know being in high school not having the highest g um highest gpa not having a high sat score at all not being like the typical nyu student i thought i was supposed to be but then when i got that acceptance i'm like wait a second like this is a mistake this is wrong but (laughs) you know I ended up coming here and realizing like, wait a second, I'm a lot more, it's not about what you can produce, like based on like education. It's like more about like who you are as a person, like using that intellect to get you ahead. And like, you know, and then seeing who I surround my, who I've surrounded myself with over the years, like we're a lot more intellectually apt than a lot of other people 
at this institution. And, you know, had I had known that, I would have maybe pushed myself to apply to more um, top tier Ivy League schools. Like, like I would have, or I would have even tried to pursue dance longer than I did. Like, I would have tried to, like, you know, elevate myself and not be scared of failing. Because at the end of the day, failure breeds success. That's that's one thing the greats, every great has failed a bunch of times. And if you don't, because if you don't fail, you don't figure out what doesn't work. And once you figure out what doesn't work, it's like, all right, change the system, change the process. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Like, there's two things that came to my mind. Like, there's this song that my boyfriend was telling me about, and it's the, the line, and it's like, I miss a lot of shots because I take a lot of shots, you know? And like, that's all a part of of life is like rejection and like losing, you know, like you wouldn't appreciate how it feels to win if you didn't lose. Like even behind the scenes, like, you know, how many times I've been like scammed with stuff. There's people out here literally looking for people to like for creatives to mm-hmm. scam. You know, if you never build on that and grow from that, like there nothing's going to come from it. And and also like it made me think of um I was doing a meditation, a guided meditation the other day, and it was about uncertainty. And the whole purpose was like, it, once we can embrace uncertainty and just like move away from what we expect things to be and appreciate that space of not knowing exactly what's going on, then we could live much more happy lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there's beauty in the journey of figuring it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Spending it, dreading it is like, <laughs> it's going to make your life dreadful. There's always going to be uncertainty, you know? And that journey, you have to learn to love it because like that is really what's going to build the foundation for when you do get to the end of that journey, when you do get to that end goal. Like, and I think that way when I work out too, because like my, my biggest thing, like was I always had a lot of body issues. Like I never really, I hated my body. I hated what it looked like for a very long time. And there was one thing my... um my old roommate sent me and it was so beautiful. She was like, Oh, I wish I knew the exact thing, but it was along the lines of like, don't spend this time of your life, like hating yourself. Cause you don't want to look back and like realize like this was this. Cause right now we're like in the prime that we are going to look no kids, no yeah. old woman stress. Like we look the best that we're going to look for the rest of our lives. Like I don't want to look back at an old picture of myself and get mad that I didn't appreciate how beautiful I was in that moment. And like, even when I look back at pictures of myself from high school, I'm like, I was so cute. Why did I not think I was pretty? Why did I not think I was this person? And now with working out, I used to think, all right, all I want to do is get thick. But it's like, no, I'm here because this pain actually feels good. Like I'm here because I'm getting the endorphins I need to. And I leave the gym feeling so much better. And I like, my confidence is like night and day. Like There's still room for improvement, but like, I, I'm a pretty conceited person in a good way. It's beautiful for me because I never saw myself that way. And, you know, now I also have a lot of little sisters. So seeing them being comfortable in their own skin, like I always just try to encourage them, like, don't even, don't let any man, woman, child tell you that like, you're not what you think you are. It's so important because I I had the same, I had the same situation going on where like, Throughout high school, my weight fluctuated up and down. And I'm looking at my prom pictures now and I'm like, bro, like, how did you never, like, I never ever went through my life thinking I was skinny, you know? And like, looking back at those photos, I'm like, girl, like, you were skinny. Like, 
twiggish, you know? I never felt that. And I even now, like, I still think about those same things where, like, you waste a lot of time not loving yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Working out and just making time for myself has been a game changer. Even, like, you know, I'm not super perfect with, like, my scheduling of things, but I definitely love having a routine of, like, you know, getting up, maybe meditating, and then working out. And it's just a whole different vibe, Mm -hmm. you know? So... That's one thing I wanted to talk about to, about um, too with you was just like working out. I know you like do some weightlifting too. Oh right? yes, I lift. I mean, when I started lifting, I started lifting with a trainer because I always wanted to like start lifting. I knew that's where like the real like weight gain and like muscle toning really comes from. And he did a good job of easing me into it. And one thing I can say about weightlifting, it's a lot more mental than it is physical. Because if you go in thinking like, how am I going to be able to lift this amount of weight? You're not going to lift it because you already told yourself that you can't do it. So you have to like, it's a really big mental game. Um, I know for me, I had to get over the feeling of being self-conscious in the gym. I had to like put what I wanted first. I had to think to myself, all right, I'm in a gym full of a bunch of men. And mm-hmm. I, but I cannot let what that what their stares or what they might say affect me from getting my workout done because this is what I know I need to do to get to where I want to be. It took some time, but once I got through that, it became so much easier to just go in and pick up a weight and start lifting. And I did a, I'll send you my routines too, to help you. Cause what does help is like having a guided routine. Yeah. I would always watch videos the night before. So I, that way I knew the proper form and everything. And also when it comes to weightlifting, once you get comfortable at a certain weight, move up in a weight because that's what helps you grow the muscle and sustain that growth too. Like you have to just keep increasing and it is painful. You will be sore. The mind is a, the mind is a crazy fucking muscle, man. Because if you once you tell yourself you can't, you won't do it because you already convinced your entire body you can't. But once you tell yourself that you can, like, yo, I'm leg pressing fucking 230 pounds. It's wow. More than that's more than double what I weigh. I never in a million years I never thought that I could do that. And it really was like a mental game with myself. It really was just like telling myself you you can do it, having those guided workouts. But I also follow a lot of workout pages too. It's crazy too because the stigma behind working out among like women, you know, not wanting to pick up the weights or not wanting to go above like five pounds because you don't want to bulk up and you don't want to look a certain way. And it's just like Girl, if you don't pick up that weight, you waste a lot of time not carrying the weight that you're supposed to or like pushing yourself in the gym, mm-hmm. you know? Y'all think, you know, you do a little hip abduction. You It's going to do something, but to get the shelf booty, you're going to have to do some squats with the, with the mm-hmm. you know? It's, not, it's squats, it's deadlifts, it's so many. And like also learning yeah. how to um, freaking, what's it called? Learning how learning how to work each part, each muscle within your leg. Cause like I'm learning more and more every day, like glute muscles, like there's definitely a lot of workouts that directly target those to get that ass you want using a bunch of freaking thigh workouts, help you get the thighs that you want. And and I will say, like, you have to be patient. Patient and also eating. You need to eat because you will actually feel because it when you weight lift a lot, like it takes a toll on your body. So if you're not fueling yourself with the proper protein. No, it's crazy. That's one thing I was telling you about, like watching what you're consuming too, because it's crazy how different foods can make you feel, Mm -hmm. you know, especially being vegetarian. One of the 
biggest things I really want to go vegan, but one of the biggest things that's like had me in a chokehold for years is cheese. And like cheese is a demon. But the thing is about dairy too and a lot of other foods that we eat, fried foods, stuff like that, it's all inflammatory mm. foods. So sometimes we're wondering, damn, why I can't get the flat, flat stomach? It's because your stomach is inflamed, girl. Right now, like my I'm trying to lose some weight in certain areas. Obviously, you can't spot train or spot reduce mm-hmm. fat, whatever. But I'm trying to like tone up and just drop a little a few little pounds or whatever and just get the get the summer body back because I got into a relationship around like August. Like, I don't know. And since then it's just been eating, drinking, eating, drinking, eating, drinking. Yeah, everyone right says that like once you get cuffed, you get fat. <laughs> like all you all you yeah, do is I, eat. I woke up, I woke up three minutes later, like who am I bro I was like where like how did this happen to me I was just slim thick last summer like in the summertime you know like what's going on um so yeah that's been my my little workout journey Mm -hmm. yo you know it's one thing that has been like life has been changed because of working Mm -hmm. out my period cramps are like non-existent wow yes uh no it's gotten better and I'm grateful that's like yo I didn't have to take any medication. Like, I always, I hate taking pills. I'm super, like, ugh. But I didn't have to take no ibuprofen or for a while. So I'm mm-hmm. like, you workout gods. Awesome. <laughs> All right. We're about to wrap up everything. This was a phenomenal conversation. Like, this was, I love, like, and also, like, we were catching up, which was great, too. I haven't, yes. I haven't like, physically seen you in... Oh my God, since like since 2019, I don't think I haven't physically seen you. And bro, never forget, you we were each other's first period. 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 <laughs> I always tell people that I'm like Raven was my Raven's the original cool girl. She was my first roommate. And like it was just I always knew you'd be cool. When I saw you, I remember when I saw you and Naja like at like that table, I'm like, they look cool. Let's be friends. It's so crazy. I'm like, maybe something happened in that room because we're both just like just taking our creative spaces mm-hmm. too. Um, all right. Final question for me. Um, you know, where do you see Hush NYC in the next five years, 10 years, 15? Like, um, I want a magazine. I want to start Hush Mag and I'm going to start like a newsletter to make that happen. Um, I also want to go into interior decoration. So like maybe like Hush Home later on in the future in like 15 years it. or whatever I, I love oh my I love it I love it <laughs> hush mag first of all, hush mag is just fire like that title like that's phenomenal oh I'll be writing my ideas down but over the summer I had joined um working girls working and it's like she one thing that she was telling us was just like always say to yourself divine ideas come to me daily mm-hmm. you know get them you write them down like sometimes I'm driving in the car and I'm like oh wait that's a good one let's in the shower or something I'm like oh I I hope I remember this when I get out Mm -hmm. you know you just have to be receptive to them like open your hands out to these ideas they're gonna come to you once you have like a problem solving mindset like if you think of something and you have like a solution a solution-based mindset you know you can definitely profit off of that and like figure things out you know there's a lot of problems to solve Mm -hmm. you know and who says we can't fix them, you know? Yeah. 
combo was such a breath of fresh air. A fresh air that I definitely needed. And if you needed it too, you're welcome. <laughs> it's so important, you know, to talk about the times where you don't feel your best. When you're in a creative funk. When you feel incapable or stuck between a rock and a hard place. I remember one day I was talking to my baby sister and I was talking to her like she's my age. Like she's nine years younger than me, but in my head we are the exact same age. And I confided in her about some of the insecurities I was facing at that point. And she looks at me and she says, what do you mean? You're perfect. And that stuck with me because it made me realize that she's never seen me at my worst. I don't think any of my siblings have. And I have five younger ones and one older one. And I used to really not like to let them see me like that. But honestly, maybe I should let them see me at the times where I'm not my best to show them that it's okay not to be okay. As black women, we always think we need to be strong all the time, not just for ourselves, but for other people. And with all there is in this world to tear us down, we have to be very strong. We don't have the option not to be, but at the same time, I think we forget how important it is to feel our emotions, good or bad. I've made the mistake of bottling up my emotions just to appear strong, but honestly, strength is not the measure of how well you hold something in. I don't believe that anymore. Strength to me is facing an issue and seeing it through no matter what, no matter how hard it may be to. You can't heal until you start to feel and recognize what it is that has you down. And it's so hard and it's so painful to face, you know, what has hurt you, what has you traumatized, what has gotten you to such a numb space. But once you start that journey, you find so much beauty in it. You start to find yourself again. You start to discover who you were before shit hit the fan. So if you're in an uncomfortable space and you want to begin your healing, no matter what it looks like, take it day by day, step by step. Be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Don't rush through it. Enjoy the journey and love yourself through it all. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Yo, I want to thank y'all so much for sticking with me until the end. I highly recommend that you check out Raven's Business, Hush, NYC. I think I've purchased almost every item she's put out, and her shit is fire. Like, she dresses fire, and her clothing line is just as fire. So, to check out her clothes, feel free to follow her business page at hush.ny on Instagram. That's at h-u-s-h dot n-y and of course feel free to follow the podcast page at the court underscore underscore on instagram and twitter for updates on future episodes and so much more thank you all so much for tuning in and i'll catch y'all next time on the court